Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. 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 Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'du. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Walailhamd. Today insha'Allah we begin our journey with the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the intention of understanding the meanings contained in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the intention of contemplating it and putting it into practice. And this project, insha'Allah, is not a project that which will be achieved overnight or over a week or over a month. In fact, it's a project that will not be achieved over years. So our goal and objective, insha'Allah, with this class is to cover the basic explanation of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from cover to cover. Starting from Surah Al-Fatiha and ending with Surah Al-Nas. And we are using the month of Ramadan, the month wherein the Quran was revealed, as a springboard towards that objective. For indeed, the believer, he renews his commitment to the Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the month of Ramadan. As Allah Azza wa tells us in his book, Shahru Ramadan alladhi unzila fi al-Quran. That the month of Ramadan is the month wherein the Qur'an was revealed. A guidance for all of mankind. And a clarification of guidance and a detailed explanation of guidance and a criterion. So we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to facilitate for us our sincere intentions for His sake. And then he grants us the ability to achieve what we set out for. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. So when the believer opens the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the first surah which his eyes gaze upon, it is Surah Al-Fatiha. Yani the opening chapter of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Surah Al-Fatiha, it has many names. From amongst its names is... Ummul Kitab. It is the mother of the book. So why has it been named such? Since all of the meanings as we will see, which is contained in the Quran, Surah Al-Fatiha mentions it in general. So for this reason, Surah Al-Fatiha has been titled Ummul Kitab. Ummul Kitab for all the meanings contained in the book of Allah return to the verses which are found in Surah Al-Fatiha. As we go along, inshallah, we will also incorporate some principles of tafsir and some sciences of the Qur'an. And today, inshallah, we would like to mention the reasons behind revelation. That a surah, it is either considered to be a Makkan surah or a Madani surah. The surah of the Qur'an it can either be a Makkan surah, suratun makkiyah, or suratun madaniyah, or it is a madani surah. So what does this mean? Does it mean that whatever surah was revealed in Makkah, this is a Makkan surah, and whatever surah was revealed in Medina is a madani surah? And some scholars have mentioned that how we determine which surah is which, they give the following opinion. 
They say that whatever was revealed before the Prophet made hijrah to Medina, this surah will be known as a Meccan surah. So whatever was revealed prior to the hijrah of the Prophet to Medina is considered to be a Meccan surah. So what does this mean? This means that if the Prophet migrated to Medina and perhaps on one of his expeditions or when he performed Umrah, he was in Mecca. And if he received revelation at that time, the surah will be considered to be a Madani surah. Fahimtum? So whatever was revealed prior to the hijrah of the Prophet even, it was, even if it was revealed outside of Mecca, it is considered to be a Meccan surah, and vice versa as well. Whatever was revealed after the hijrah of the Prophet even, it was, even, even if it was revealed outside of Medina, then it is considered to be a Madani surah. And there are many ways to identify the Meccan from the Madani surahs. The Meccan surahs, it speaks about the recompense for deeds, the rewards for deeds. It speaks about the punishment for misdeeds and bad deeds. And it speaks about matters relating to Al-Iman. Yani matters pertaining to the resurrection and life after death. This is one way we can identify the Makkan Suwar. In opposition to the Madani Suwar, which mostly relates to us the ahkam, the legal rulings which relate to our ritual acts of worship and our interactions, our mu'amalat and so on. So Allah Azza wa Jal commences his book بَعْدَ أَنْ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ مَالِكِ يَوْمِ الدِّينِ إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين. So Allah Azza wa Jalla he commences his book with the basmala, and the basmala, as we are all familiar, it means to say the words بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. This is the Basmala. So Allah Azza wa Jal opens up his book with mention of his name. Abtadi'u bi kulli ismin lillahi ta'ala. That I begin, that I begin this book, yani, with every name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We begin in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And some scholars mention that this ba is the ba of isti'ana. This is the bar of seeking Allah Azawajal's aid and assistance. So this bar in the beginning, it is the bar of seeking help and support. So Allah Azawajal, he commences this book by mentioning his greatest name, Allah. And the name Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or the name of Allah, Allah, all of the names of Allah Azza wa Jal, it goes back to this name. For this reason, Allah says, 
To Allah belongs the most beautiful names. So make dua and supplicate to Him by way of these names. So all of the beautiful names of Allah, it goes back to this name, Allah. And so we are saying that I begin with every name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the meaning of Allah, it is Al-Ma'luh, Al-Ma'bud, Al-Mustahiq, Lifradihi Bil-Ibadah. That the meaning of the name Allah, it means the one who is truly deserved of being worshipped. The one who is truly deserved of being worshipped since he is described with the most beautiful names and attributes. That Allah he possesses the attributes of divinity and he possesses the attributes of perfection. So for this reason, he is sought out and for this reason, he is worshipped. So Allah says, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. And then after this, Allah mentions two of his beautiful names. Two of his beautiful names, which is indicative of his vast mercy. Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim. Two names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is indicative of Allah Azzawajal's broad and vast mercy. His mercy which encompasses all of His creation. And when we say the creation, what comes to mind is usually human beings. However, the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is, is, it, it is each and every single thing which is in existence besides Allah Azzawajal. For each and every single thing besides Allah Azzawajal is an alam. It is a creation. And we are one of those creations. And we are one of those creations. So everything besides Allah Azzawajal, it is considered to be a creation of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. This encompasses mankind, jinkind, and absolutely everything. And so Allah Azzawajal's mercy enshrouds and encompasses all of his creation and Allah Azawajal has written his specific mercy for those who submit to him the muttaqeen those who are yani, mindful and fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those who follow his prophets and messengers in truth for they have the absolute mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and all other creation besides them has a share of this mercy. And yes, Sheikh Abdul Rahman brings our attention to a very, very important point, And he says that no, that from the principles which all of the Salaf are in agreement with regards to, and he's talking about the scholars of the Salaf, the early generations, namely the Tabi'een, the Sahaba, the Tabi'een, and those who follow them in righteousness, that they have agreement upon the fact that we have faith and belief in all of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his attributes which he has affirmed for himself. And this is a good principle to mention. Since the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of the main themes of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to teach us and to inform us about who Allah azawajal is. To inform us about his names and to, afford, uh, and to inform us about his attributes. 
subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so he says, they believe, for example, that he subhanahu wa ta'ala is ar-Rahman, ar-Rahim. And this means that he possesses mercy. He possesses this attribute and he bestows this mercy upon his creation. So Allah is not just described with beautiful names, which are yani, void of meaning or void of an attribute. For each and every single name which Allah possesses, it is also indicative of an attribute. So if Allah has the name, Yani Ar-Rahman, it means he also has the attribute of Rahma. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the name Al-Alim, the all-knowing, the one whose knowledge encompasses absolutely everything, it means he also possesses the attribute of ilm, of knowledge. If we say that Allah is Qadirun, that he has power and he has ability, then this means that he possesses Qudra, he possesses power. And his power reigns supreme over absolutely everything. So this is a very, very good principle to mention. For whenever you read the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you'll come across his names and his attributes. So the stance and the approach of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah is to affirm the names and the attributes which Allah azza wa jal affirmed for himself in his book or upon the tongue of his messenger. Allah Azza wa then says, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. And we know we translate this as, all praise is due to Allah. All praise is due to Allah. But what does this really mean? It means to glorify and praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by way of His perfect attributes. And we praise Him also for his actions, his actions which revolve around virtue and justice. So to Allah Azawajal belongs perfect praise from all angles. And this praise is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This praise is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Praise in this manner, it is only due to Allah Azawajal. For he is perfect in his essence. And he has perfect attributes and he is praised for this reason. Allah says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise is due to Allah, the Rabb of the Alameen. And here Allah Azza wa Jal, he establishes his lordship, his rububiyyah over all of his creation. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is Ar-Rabb. That he is the ultimate nurturer and cherisher of all the creation. Ar-Rabbu huwa al-murabbi huwa al-murabbi jami'u al-alameen. The Rabbi is the one who has nurtured all of the alameen. And the alameen, as we have mentioned previously, it is each and every single creation besides Allah. Each and every single creation besides Allah is an alam. It is considered to be a creation. And Allah Azza wa is the nurturer of all the creation. So this name of Allah Azza wa Jal Ar-Rabb, what does it mean? The scholars say that the meaning of Ar-Rabb, it goes back to four specific traits and characteristics. Firstly, that it goes back to the fact that Allah Azza wa Jal is 
Al-Khaliq Kulli Shay. He is the creator of absolutely everything. That He subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Malik. That He is the true owner and sovereign of absolutely everything. And that He is the Mudabbir. That He is the one who controls the affairs of all of His creation. Just like He subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Raziq. Just like He subhanahu wa ta'ala is the sustainer of absolutely everything in existence and this is the general meaning of Rabb so Allah is the nurture of absolutely all of existence and they submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he created them and he has given them numerous bounties and numerous means and if Allah Azzawajal had taken away this means and these bounties from them then there would be no way for them to exist so whatever bounty and blessing they have it is from Allah Azzawajal alone and Allah Azzawajal's nurturing of his creation it is of two types that the nurturing of Allah for his creation it is of two types a general type of nurturing and a specific type of nurturing so the general nurturing of Allah this is for all of the creation that he has created them that he has sustained them that he has guided them towards that which they need and which is in their interest which causes them to establish their worldly life in the dunya and this is for the Muslim, the Kafir, the Jinn and the Hayawanat and all of the creation of Allah even the animals and then Allah he has a tarbiyatu khasa he has a specific type of nurturing and this is the more important type of nurturing and this is the nurturing of Allah for his awliya this is the nurturing of Allah for his allies and each and every single believer Muslim and Mu'min who possesses Iman and who possesses Taqwa then they are considered to be of the allies of Allah but they differ in the level according to their Iman and according to their Taqwa. So Allah nurtures His allies by nurturing them upon Iman and granting them the divine guidance to achieve it. And He averts from them whatever obstacles and barriers which exist between Him and between them. And the reality of this nurturing, it is his nurturing of guiding each and every single believer to goodness and protection from evil. And Sheikh Abdul Rahman mentions, and perhaps this is the meaning behind why all the prophets supplicated to Allah Azzawajal by way of his name, Ar-Rabb. That when we look at majority of the supplications found in the book of Allah 
And even in the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, we find that the Anbiya, they supplicated to Allah by way of his name, Ar-Rabb. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab al-nar. Rabbana la tuzigh gulubana ba'da idh hadaytana wa hab lana min ladunka rahma. And there are many supplications like this which encourages us to call upon Allah Azza wa Jal by way of his name, Ar-Rabb. So what is the reason behind this? Because all of their needs which the creation requires and needs, it comes under the Lordship of Allah Azza wa Jal and his specific type of Lordship. So, Rabbul Alameen what does this mean? It is indicative of Allah Azawajal being singled out with creation. And Allah Azawajal being singled out with the action of disposition of the affairs of the creation. And that He is singled out with regards to conferring favors and bounties upon His creation. And that for Him is complete and perfect independence. And all of the creation is dependent upon Him. Because Allah Azawajal is Al-Ghani. He is independent and all of the creation is dependent upon Him solely. Allah Azawajal then says, Maliki Yawmiddin. Maliki Yawmiddin. And we know the translation of this is, The owner and the sovereign of the day of recompense. And this is also a name from amongst the names of Allah Azawajal. Al-Malik and Al-Malik is the one who has been described with the attribute of Lordship which the effects of Allah Azawajal being the master and the owner is that he possesses the right to command and to forbid that he possesses the right to reward and to punish and that he disposes in his dominion with all types of yani, decrees, the good and the bad. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He attached this mulk, He attached this sovereignty and this ownership and this dominion to the day of resurrection. Maliki Yawmiddin, the master, the owner, the sovereign of the day of Al-Jaza, the day of recompense. And this is a name from amongst the names of Al-Qiyamah, Yawmuddin. This is a name from amongst the names of Al-Qiyamah. And this is the day when Allah Azza wa Jal, He will recompense the people, the beginning of the creation, up until the end. He will recompense them according their deeds, according the good and according their bad. And Allah Azza wa Jal attached his dominion and his ownership to this day because on this day, true ownership and the true yani, malakut, the true dominion of Allah Azza wa Jal will become manifest. And on this day, the perfection of Allah Azza wa Jal's ownership and his justice and his wisdom will become manifest and each and every single person who had some type of ownership in the dunya, it will be cut off from him. So the kings 
will not possess the kingdoms. The presidents will not يعني, own and, and run the countries and those who are under them. And each and every single person who possess something will lose possession of that object. Because Allah Azza wa Jal's dominion and ownership will become manifest. For those who denied the fact that Allah Azza wa Jal was Al-Malik dunya wal-Akhira. For those who denied that the fact that Allah Azza wa Jal was the Malik of the dunya and the Akhira. So for this reason Allah Azza wa Jal attached ownership and mastery to this day. As it is said in the book of Allah, it will be said, لِمَنِ الْمُلْكَ الْيَوْمِ To who does the dominion belong today? And it will be said, لِلَّهِ الْوَاحِدِ الْقَهَارِ It belongs solely to Allah, the one, the eternal, القهار, the irresistible. Naam. So, on this day, Allah Azza wa Jal, He will compensate His creation. And from amongst the names of Allah Azza wa Jal, it is also Ad-Dayyan. Ad-Dayyan. Al-Maliku Ad-Dayyan. Ad-Dayyan means Al-Mujazi. The one who compensates and the one who rewards for good and the one who punishes due to evil based upon his justice and based upon his wisdom, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Verse number 5 And this is one of the most powerful verses in the book of Allah Azza wa Jal Allah says إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ And what does this mean? You alone do we worship And you alone do we seek aid and assistance from يعني We single you out alone with worship and was seeking aid and assistance. And grammatically, in this construction there is a benefit. In the Arabic language, the sequence, traditionally, is that first the action comes, and then the doer of the action, and then the object. Mathalan, we say, Taraba Khalidun Zaydan. Taraba means he hit. Who is the doer? Khalidun is the doer. Zaydan is the object. So the traditional sequence in the Arabic language is that first the action is mentioned, then the doer of the action is in the object. But in this verse, Allah Azza wa Jal, He first mentioned the object and then He mentioned the action. And the reason for this is that this benefits exclusivity. And restriction. And this means that worship is the sole due right and the exclusive right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. So we're saying, Iyaka na'budu, it should have been read, Na'budu Iyaka. We worship you alone. But we're saying, You alone do we worship. And this benefits affirmation of worship for Allah alone. And exclusivity of worship for Allah Azza wa Jal alone. So Allah said, You alone do you worship, and you alone do we seek aid and assistance from. So worship, it is general, and seeking aid is an act of worship, and it is a specific type of worship. So after Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned general worship, 
he mentioned a specific type of worship that we only seek aid and assistance from you and we don't seek aid and assistance from any others beside you and bringing the term worship before seeking aid and assistance is yani from the principles of mentioning the general before the specific and this shows us yani that this is the sole right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so ibadah how do we understand ibadah what is the definition of ibadah is ibadah something which we inherited from our parents we in turn inherited from their parents we in turn inherited from the generation which came before them and the reality is no ibadah is not something which is customary ibadah is something which Allah azza wa jal commanded us with and ibadah is something which Allah azza wa jal sent the messengers to clarify to us how to worship him what pleases him and what displeases him so the role of us as muslims is simply to follow and not to innovate the role of us as muslims is simply to follow and not innovate since the pathway to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been made clear to us by way of the messengers so the comprehensive definition of ibadah is as follows it is a general term given to all those things which allah azza wa jalla loves and he is pleased with of actions statements statements which is and actions and statements which is apparent and hidden and this is the comprehensive definition of ibadah that is a general term given to all those things which allah loves and he is pleased with and the only way we can come to the conclusion of the matters which Allah azza wa jalla loves and is pleased with is by way of his revelation by way of his revelation we come to know what pleases Allah and we come to know what Allah azza wa jalla loves and there is no third source how to understand what Allah azza wa jalla loves and is pleased with as for isti'ana isti'ana is to depend upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala solely with regards to attaining benefit and warding of harm whilst relying solely upon Allah azza wa jalla to attain this so isti'ana means to depend upon Allah azza wa jalla solely with regards to attaining a benefit and warding off a harm whilst depending upon him solely to achieve this and establishing the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seeking the aid of Allah azza wa jal it is the main means to attain happiness in this life and the next worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seeking his aid to worship him it is the greatest means to attain eternal happiness and bliss and to attain salvation from all forms of evil and there is no way to attain salvation except by way of establishing these two principles worshiping allah azza wa jalla and seeking his aid to worship him
and ibadah is only termed to be ibadah when it is taken from the Prophet and the person intends to please Allah by way of this. And yes, Shaykh Abdul Rahman makes mention of two very important points, and that is the conditions for ibadah. That in order for an act of worship to be accepted, it must be done firstly solely for the sake of Allah, and secondly, it must be done according to the sunnah of the Prophet. And if an ibadah is void of these two conditions, then this act of worship will be rejected by the proof which we have just mentioned, as well as the proof wherein the Prophet said, Man amila amalan laysa alayhi amruna rad. That whosoever does a deed which is not in conformity with this affair of ours, it will be rejected. And this is proof that this ibadah must be done according to the sunnah of the Prophet alayhi salatu wassalam. And Shaykh Abdul Rahman mentions the reason why Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned isti'ana to seek aid after worship, even though seeking aid forms part of worship is because of the dire need of the servant with regards to all acts of worship. To achieve this act of worship by way of the aid of Allah Azza wa Jal. For if Allah Azza wa Jal does not aid us to worship Him, we will never be able to achieve what we set out to achieve, whether it be from amongst the actions we are commanded with or the actions we are commanded to abstain from. And so for this reason, the Prophet often supplicated. Allahumma a'ini ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatik. O oh Allah, aid me to remember you. O oh Allah, aid me. Allahumma a'ini ala dhikrika wa shukrika. O oh Allah, aid me to show gratitude to you and aid and assist me with regards to worshipping you in a manner which is pleasing to you. And so we see the Prophet made the supplication. Because he knew, as a true servant of Allah, that there is no way to attain and to be steadfast upon the worship of Allah Azzawajal, except if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us aid and assistance upon this. So we ask that Allah Azzawajal grants us the ability to contemplate the verses which we have covered and He grants us the ability to practice upon what we have learned. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ash'adu an la ilaha anta. أستغفرك وأتوب إليك والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته